Woo. Thank you, Lord. Well, go ahead and if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You know, part of what we've been, uh, well, what, what I've been preaching on, I know there's another John that preached on, on some other stuff uh, a couple weeks ago. It was very good about building endurance and spiritual endurance and training ourselves and disciplining ourselves. And uh, so I encourage you to check that out if you haven't heard that on, on the podcast. Um, we've been talking about the kingdom. We started the year with the theme as, as the kingdom of God, and so... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with that uh, for quite a few more weeks, I believe. Further, our kids are doing that upstairs, so you can talk with your kids, kindergarten through sixth grade. If you have kids and you want to find out, hey, they're talking about the kingdom too. It's not going to be the same topics all the time, but they're going to be related to the kingdom. So it's a great way to have a conversation as a family to talk about the word, about what God's saying uh, to you as a family and to us as a church. Um, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about, um, you know, what the kingdom is, that the kingdom, when Jesus showed up, what does it say? He began to preach about the kingdom of God. When Je- after Jesus died and was resurrected, it says he had 40 days, he had 40 days with his people, and what did he talk about? He talked about the kingdom of God. And so, uh, it's pretty important and Jesus actually gave us a prayer that we looked at. Uh, there's many facets of the kingdom, but we looked at the kingdom prayer, sometimes known as the Lord's Prayer, but I've changed it to the kingdom prayer, okay? You know, I've just decided to do that. Um, if you want to keep calling it the Lord's Prayer, that's fine. Uh, but it's really a prayer of the kingdom. When Jesus' disciples came and said, teach us to pray, Jesus said, let me show you how to pray. And I don't think he was saying so much, hey, repeat this after me, although I think there's nothing wrong with that because it's a great prayer because Jesus said it, so there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with it. But I think it was talking about, hey, here's, here's how prayer works. Here's how interaction works. Here's how life works in the kingdom. It starts with our Father. Everything in the kingdom doesn't start with just a king. It starts with a daddy. It starts with a God who loves, a God who has the heart of a father, a God who... who is, you know, most kings, most kings send someone else out to die for their kingdom. Our king went to die for us so we could be in his kingdom. He's got the heart of a father. That's what the heart of a father does. The heart of a father reaches out and, and, and takes care of his kids. Like Jake was saying, you know, he was, he was being corrected by the Lord. Hey, you're worrying about yourself. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom starts with the heart of a father that says, For God so loved that he gave, that he gave, that he gave. He did not consider what he had to hold on to it. It says Jesus, also who had the heart of a father. He's not the same as the father. He's the son of God, but he had the same heart. What does it say when Jesus was, he's the prince of peace, the mighty God, the everlasting father. There's that same heart coming. The same heart comes from the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit comes to minister the heart of the father. And so the kingdom has to start there. Before we talk about anything else, you have to connect with the Father God because the kingdom works differently. You're not just approaching a king, you're approaching a daddy. And that's the whole, I feel a whole lot more comfortable 
with the one who loves me than just one who's up there with a lot of power. And if God has a lot of power and he is up there and he is on the throne. He is absolutely a king. I am not diminishing that one bit. What I am saying is in his kingship, he has invited us first into his family. And so we looked at the kingdom prayer uh, and it starts with that. Our father who's in heaven. And the idea of the kingdom is this. The kingdom already exists in heaven and we're, we are a part of when we bring the kingdom, we want it to look like heaven on earth. We, we want to bring what's already exists in heaven. Nothing is being created. Nothing new is happening. What's happening is what is already in heaven manifests itself, makes itself known on earth. It doesn't have to be created in heaven because it's already there. God isn't making up new stuff. He's just saying, here's what I already have. Here's what's already in, in my kingdom. Here's, here's what it's like. You need peace? Guess what? I've got unending peace. It's already there. I don't have to make new peace. I don't have to manufacture some for your life. You've got confusion. You've got anxiety. Guess what? In my kingdom, in heaven, there is no confusion. There is no anxiety. And my peace can come. And so the, what happens when the kingdom comes is it overwhelms everything that's on this earth because he's the king of kings. He is rightfully ruling and reigning upon earth. And because Jesus has taken back the authority that was handed over to the devil when we sinned and gave the devil authority on earth. That's why Jesus had to come as a human being because only a human being can rightly rule this earth. It's weird how God created it that way, but that's the way, that's what the Bible says. And so Jesus came as a human. He became flesh, 100% God, 100% human. I know that's 200%. I get that. God can do 200% in one person, okay? <laughs> he's, he's got the capability. And so because Jesus came as a man and he was punished innocently and died, and then it says he went into hell and took the keys, what are the keys represent? Keys represent authority in Scripture. And so he took back the keys to death and hell and the grave. And so he, it says now he sits, he was ascended. So he rose up in his authority and he sat down in heaven. And now he is reigning to see all his enemies put under his feet. And it says, it was interesting, I was reading in the Word somewhere yesterday, can't remember where it was even, I think it's, yes, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, when, all this, when everything's done, it says, then Jesus is going to take the kingdom and hand it back to the Father and say, it's all done. So there's, there's the work of God uh, is to spread the life, the joy, the peace, the, the love, the goodness, the grace the holiness, the purity of the kingdom of God to all the earth. The kingdom. So I want us to look at, we're going to look at the second part of this kingdom prayer here. We're going to, when I'm preaching, we're probably going to be going through this. Uh, when someone else preaches, they can do whatever they want. <clears throat> so it says... <laughs> Well, not whatever they want, but hopefully whatever God wants. <laughs> so Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the word as we, even as we read it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray like this, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our debts or our trespasses just as we have forgiven those who have sinned, trespassed against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And in some translations, in some parts, it will say, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so it mentions the kingdom. This is the kingdom prayer. And I want us to look at that second part there. And it says, traditionally, if you have a newer translation, it may something, say something like, may your name be honored or may your name be holy. But traditionally, the word is hallowed be your name. Now, that's not the word we use all the time. Anybody use hallowed all the time or hallowed? Um, I mean, we just don't. We don't use that word, and that's one of the reasons I like that it's in the translation there, because the word there in Greek is 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 basically to to make whole. I'm not even going to try to say it. Hagios theto. Okay, and so hagios means holy, and so it's from the verb hagiazo, which means to make holy or to sanctify or to set apart, and so it's translated most of the time through the New Testament as holy. It's only in the Lord's Prayer where the translators have said, you know what, this is just so different that we want to use a different word. It, it's the same Greek word, but it's like the emphasis of the meaning here is, hallowed be your name. You know, when something's hallowed, that means it's just like, it's like way up here. It's, it's so precious. It's so, it's so wonderful. It's so special that, um, that, that you want to just honor it. That you, want it, that you want it to be seen by everything. You know, when something, you know, the word holy also means to be set apart. You know, when you, when you take something in your house, whatever is most precious to you, you set it apart. Does anybody have a safe where you put some of your most precious things in? Anybody do that? You know, in case, you know, fireproof safe or something? It's a good idea. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm going to say it's good. So, yeah. So, you know... I put like some, I put really special stuff in there and like my passport and stuff, you know, like important things I don't want to lose. But it, it's set apart for a purpose. It's, it's put in a different place. It's in, a, it's in a special place. I've got all the letters that I wrote Ashley for when I proposed to her on our, well, on the night I proposed to her, Christmas, Christmas night many, many years ago. <laughs> and I wrote on these little, these nice little, you know, special paper, parchment type papers. And uh, I don't even know if she cares about them or not, but I kept them. <laughs> and they're in the safe because they're kind of hallowed. That's like, that was like a holy moment for me. Like when I asked my wife to marry me, that was like, for me, that's, that was holy. That was set apart unto God. And so it's, it's set apart. It's, it's, it's honored. It's hallowed. And so here's the deal. When we come into the kingdom... Uh, and we want to operate in the kingdom, if we, don't, if we don't have the worship down, if we don't have the humility down, we, we can't start to operate in the authority. The authority is coming in the next line. We're, you're going to get that next week, I believe. Uh, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's all the authority, that's the power, that's the declaration, that's the, yeah! Boom! God does something. But I think it's important that we start with, it starts with me connecting to the heart of the Father. That I've got my heart on my head on His heart where I can hear His heartbeat. And I start to 
to feel and start to breathe in unison with Father God. Because I don't want to release the power of the kingdom if I don't have the heart of the kingdom. You know, God's not interested in just demonstrating His power. He wants to share who He is. You know, the power without the heart is not the fullness of the kingdom. You know, if I just bring the power, people can have power. There's spiritual power on the, the dark side too, so to speak. You can, you can get power there, but it doesn't have, it's not connected to the heart of the Father. You know, anytime you have someone operating, it may be even power from God, but it doesn't have the heart of the Father. Ultimately, the kingdom is not advanced because God's kingdom can't go forth without His Father's heart. It's impossible for it to be the kingdom of God if the heart of Father God is not in it. It doesn't matter if, it's his pow- if power is released because He's not fully just interested in power. Now, on the flip side, God doesn't want just His heart released. He want, Because He is mighty, because He is the King, He wants His heart released with His power and authority. When you have both of them together, that's the kingdom. And so He starts there and says, look... It starts with our Father in heaven, and then it starts with this, where I push, put myself under His authority. Hallowed be your name. Where I humble myself. You know, in 1 Peter 5, let me read a couple of scriptures here. Got those on the screen there for you. Um, I don't want to make you work like Pastor, Pastor John too, so I put it on the screen. <laughs> In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. That's a good word right there. All of you, but here's it is, all of you. So, is that, who's all? Raise your hand if you're all. I'm all. I'm one of the alls, okay? All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So here's the deal. You know that scripture, if God is for us, who can be against us? That totally applies to every child of God, except in one case, when you're operating in pride. Once you step into being about me instead of first about him, it says now that God is actually opposing me. God stands against me. You know, the original, the original sin, remember, wasn't by humans. It was by a person who's now known as the devil. He was an angel. He was one of the highest angels. It looks like most likely he was one of the archangels. And it says that he wanted to exalt himself above God. What, what was the original sin? The original sin was pride. Where Lucifer at that time was jealous of the praise that was coming to God. Man, can you imagine being in heaven? I mean, just seeing all the praise. I'm thinking, why would... Why would I get into that? It's like, man, I don't ever want to have any part of pride because that's, man, it's one of the most hellish things there is. It was, it was, birth, it created hell. It created the devil. It, I mean, it's, it's like the, the birthplace of sin is pride. And so if I'm going to be in the kingdom, I have to humble myself under the hallowed name of God. Before I exercise my authority, because if I don't have his heart and I don't have the humility to operate, then I can suddenly think that it's about me. You know, humility is, is kind of like humility is the posture of the kingdom of God. 
You know, it's, we have to approach God and it says, hallowed be your name. To me, that means I'm, I'm coming down and you are going up. You are getting higher and, and I'm getting lower. Here's the deal. What happens right after, I think the rest of the scripture is, it says, when you humble yourself, but it says then, that way God can exalt you. That way God's the one that can lift you up. You know, Jesus tells that parable where he says, hey, when you come into an important person's house, don't come sit at the front. Don't come sit at the most important place because there may be somebody else there who they've been waiting for and they're like, no, no, you need to move to the back. And then it says you'll, you'll be ashamed and all that stuff. In other words, it says, but it says, hey, come in. When you come into an important place, put yourself in the back. And then when the master says, hey, I know you. Oh, there's one of my favorites there. Hey, come on up. Come on up. I mean, that's what happens with, with God in our kingdom is we humble ourselves and then Jesus says, hey, look, that's one of mine right there. Hey, come on up front here. Come, come sit with me. Come sit right next to my son Jesus. I mean, what does it say in Ephesians 2? That we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Now, I didn't get there by, saying, by showing up to heaven and saying, I am here. Give me that front seat, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous to think about that, but that's what pride does. I mean, that's what pride says. It says, I am first. But what does Jesus say? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first, because it's the posture of the kingdom. Jesus talked about it over and over again. His parables were talking about the kingdom, because he wants you in the kingdom. He wants you living in the grace and the power of the kingdom. But if you come in the wrong way, you're not going to be a part of the kingdom. You're not going to be releasing the kingdom. You're not going to be, have his heart being, being poured out on others and see his authority and power have its full effectiveness. And so we have to come in first with our Father and then hallowed be your name. You know, it's interesting that uh, when it says hallowed be your name, you know, we don't... For, for some of us, a name will evoke a certain emotion and for most of us in the united states it has to do with like brands right if i if i say let me just say something right now watch this apple some of you go cool some of you go oh man those are okay because because there's 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 the reputation there's the there's the, something about the, the name when you say it, uh, you know, it, it evokes an emotion. I can, how about this from last week? What, what was the Super Bowl last week? I think it was. I barely saw it. But, um, you know, I say New England Patriots. <laughs> For most people in Texas, that, you know, my, uh, my sister-in-law's family is like, they lived in Massachusetts for a while, and so they're like they're like huge Patriot fans. So like you know you see them posted, and so this year it's kind of like sorry about that, not this year, huh? <laughs> so sad. Well, they've they've had enough wins anyway, right? But you know, I mean, a name can can evoke something, but but it was something even more in in the Jewish culture. The name not only had to do with like your reputation, but it was it was also carried like the weight of your character. So when they, when they would name someone, they were intentional with their names. In other words, if you're going to name uh, someone John, so to speak, 
Um, which means, what does it mean? Oh, thanks. I was just making sure you knew. Uh, <laughs> God, gift of God's grace or God is gracious. Um, you know, it was, it was meant to say, I'm declaring this over my child that this is part of their character and who they're, who they're meant to be. When God revealed himself, when it says he began to reveal himself um, to men, he would reveal himself with the name. When Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac, the promised one, what does it say? It says he got up there and then God said, no, you don't have to do it. Right when he had the knife and there's a ram in the thicket. And what does it say? It says Abraham called that place Jehovah or Yahweh Yireh or Jireh. You know, we've heard Jehovah Jireh. You know, in other words, the Lord will provide. So there was, what was God doing? Part of his name was revealing who he is. And so, you know, in the Old Testament, there's, there's seven, you know, names of God, special names of God that he reveals. When Moses, um, you know, when Moses uh, says, who should I say is going to send me? And so he says, well, I am. You know, I am. And so there's a revelation of the, the name of, of Yahweh. In other words, I am the pr- provider. I am Jehovah Rapha, the healer. He revealed that in Exodus to the people of God when they were being healed. And, you know, I am Jehovah Rohi or Yahweh Rohi. I am the shepherd. Uh, Sidkenu, righteousness, etc., etc. There's a few more. Um, you can look those up. You can Google that. You'll find them. Um, but it was because the name was a part of who God is. It wasn't meant to just be a, a name. Oh, this sounds cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like, throw it out there. I mean, that's how we do names, right, nowadays? I mean, some of us, maybe, you know, if you grew up and, you know, you want a Bible name, you want a name that means something. I mean, we did that. We, like, specifically named our kids. And we looked at the meaning of the name. In other words, if it meant, you know, if I looked at a name and I, it sounded amazing and it meant, you know, rat poison... <laughs> Okay, I don't know of a name that does that, but you know, there's some names where you look up the meaning and you're like going, man, that name sounds amazing, but the meaning is, oh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you're like, no, I, that's, that's, that's not right. That's not who they are. And, you know, some of the names we even picked, I'm like, why did we pick that name? That's so weird. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It's like, I wouldn't, I would have never picked that name, but I'm like, I look at the meaning and go, oh, I like, I know what that means. And so every time I say my kids' names, I'm declaring something over them. I'm declaring their destiny. I'm declaring, I'm declaring uh, that Kai is the keeper of the keys. He's the one, he's going to have authority. He's going to walk in God's, with God's heart. Kai Nehemiah. He's going to have, uh, well, what does that one mean? I can't remember. <laughs> Never mind. Refresher. But I'm declaring that over my kids. And see, that's why it says here, Hallowed be your name. In other words, it sounds impersonal to us, but really it was deeply personal to one who would understand the power of the name. Hallowed be your name. And I think it's interesting, there got to be a point in the Jewish tradition where they held God's name in such high honor that they wouldn't write it. 
when they were copying the Old Testament, which was, you know, the, the scrolls of the Old Testament, they actually started, that's why we don't know how to say Yahweh or Jehovah, because, uh, number one, they didn't have the vowels on there for us uh, in Hebrew, but they also would begin to write in, they would just write in Adonai, or Lord, basically, rather than God's personal name, because they felt like God's personal name was too holy for them to even write, not to mention say. Now, Jesus here is defining something because he, he changes the game. He changes, he changes the whole script for them because, first of all, he says God's Father. That means there's a closeness right there. There's an approachability. There's a love. There's an affection. There's, a, there's an intimacy right there. And so he's saying, look, here's how the kingdom works. It doesn't matter. All this other stuff, hey, look, it was just pointing to me. I mean, Jesus is like, hey, Old Testament, let me just summarize the Old Testament. Arrow to Jesus. If you want to know what the Old Testament means in one line, arrow to Jesus. It was pointing at Jesus. Everything was pointing towards Him. Every lamb that was sacrificed, every, every, every little, little story, everything was pointing towards, you've got to get to Jesus. If you don't get to Jesus, you won't get the kingdom. And so, when he says, hallowed be your name, man, his Jewish audience would have known what it meant to see God's name as holy. And he would have known to say, when I am coming to worship him, when I am coming to, to humble myself before him, I am submitting myself under his authority and all of who he is. Because God's name is a declaration of his character and his desire, to what he's going to do. You know, He is a provider. He is a healer. He is a, a banner. He's a deliverer. He's, he, is, he, he is a shepherd. He is a one who is there with us. Jehovah Shammah. Yahweh Shammah. In other words, God's just, hey, are you alone? God's there. Do you feel abandoned? Nope, He's there. Are you going somewhere where you think He can't, he can't be? Psalm 139. I go to some place, whoop, there He is. I can't get away from Him. He's going to chase me down. He's going to seek me out. He's going to be there. That's who He is. He's not going to abandon me. Man, that's the kind of God I want to worship. When I know His character, then it's easier for me to submit myself to His authority. See, He starts with the Father, and He's submitting yourself to the name, the character, the reputation, who God is. Not just some deity far out there not just someone who says hey you better do this you better do it or i'm gonna i'm gonna smoke you (laughs) i'm gonna get you you know that was that was never the intention hey god is holy here's the deal and sin does separate us from him and so that's we're not minimizing that at all what i am maximizing is because of jesus That's been taken care of. And now I can come into the presence of God without fear, without without hesitation, and approach Him and submit myself under His authority. It's really, that's the key there, is because I cannot operate in God's authority unless I first, in, in my authority that He's given me, unless I submit myself to His authority. You know, when someone, you know, I'm not, I haven't been in the military, okay? So those of you guys that have been in the military, you, you understand authority a whole lot better than, 
those of us who never went in the military. Because here's the deal. When the, when the commander says, says something, what do you do, Dave? You do it. I mean, there, it doesn't, your opinion, it doesn't matter. Like, well, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if that's a really a good idea. Um, you really wouldn't do this in the Marines. I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> Shane's not in here. But, um, you know, it's like, hey, but hold on. I mean, if you raised your hand in the military and said, hey, hold on a second. I don't, I don't really feel like that today. Um, what's going to happen to you? Not good. I've heard the stories. That's why I didn't go in the military. <laughs> Going into the ministry, brother. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the deal. If we understand authority, uh, now see the military, they don't always have the heart of the father, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. See, that's why God starts with the heart and says, look, you're, you are submitting yourself to my authority but you, if you understand my heart, you'll want to. You know, I never, you know, I had a great dad. I still have a great dad. He's not dead. Um, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a great dad. He's almost, uh, he, uh, he's just about 70 years old. And uh, forgive me for those of you who are over 70, but I was kind of thinking, man, that sounds kind of old. My dad's going to be 70. Um, and so, you know, but, but my dad, you know, I've never had a problem submitting to his authority because I've always known that he loved me. And I know everybody didn't have that experience growing up. So I'm not, uh, God can heal that. He is greater than our, our, our childhood experience with our parents and all that stuff. Uh, but I am thankful that he demonstrated Enough of the Father's heart. I mean, there's a couple times I remember, you know, my dad, my dad was a pastor. You all know that, right? Some of you, are, if you're a guest, he used to be the pastor here a long, 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 long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, <laughs> been a long time. He was here at one point. Uh, I mean, I, you know, but he, he wasn't perfect. You know, he did, he did use some swear words uh, a couple of times. Yet I remember being so shocked when he did that. Um, and then recently, my kids have been going crazy certain times, and I, I'll be honest with you, I've had a thought that said, I know why my dad cussed. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's like been an understanding of like, oh, I, maybe it's a new level of forgiveness. Like, I forgive you. I'm like, I can see why you want, finally this said, gosh darn it. <laughs> can you, can you quit screaming at each other, kids? Because... Man. <laughs> so anyway, just a little input in my... Now, I didn't do it yet. <laughs> I don't plan on it, but uh, yet. I'm hoping it's not... There isn't a yet, but you know. But here's the deal. When we get to know His heart, it's easy for us to humble ourselves and submit to who He is. And we're never going to operate in God's authority in the right way if we don't submit ourselves first under His authority. Kind of getting to next week, but that's okay. You know, there's a guy that came to uh, Jesus, the centurion. It's in Matthew chapter 8, and we'll probably reference it again next week. But, you know, he came to Jesus and he said, you don't even have to come do this. Don't even come heal my servant. Just say the word. And he said, why did he believe that? He believed that because he said this, 
For I am a man under authority, and I tell this one go, and he goes, and this other one come, and he comes. And so you just have to say the word. And so Jesus is like, man, this guy has more faith than anybody I've ever met. Because he understood authority. And it's going to happen the same way with us. When we submit ourselves and understand what it means to be under God's authority, then we're able to exercise the authority that He has given us to release it to others. If I start releasing it, and I'm, I'm a rogue guy, I'm on, I'm on rogue, you know, hearing God's like, hey, no, 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 that's not the way we want to do that. Then what happens? What happens is, because I am representing the name. I'm representing the name. Now when people see me, it's like that's what Jesus is about. You know, there's a whole lot of confusion about what Jesus is about because of people who have the name. They've got the name here, but then they, they are living like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? So any part of my life where I am out of order. In other words, where I've stepped out from under God's authority is a misrepresentation of the name. Because here's the deal. We want the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord God, to be hallowed. To be like, oh, whoa. And, you know, if I misrepresent His name because I'm stepping out from under His authority and doing my own thing, then other people don't recognize His name and His character like they need to. It's only, there's only one place I get that, and it's if I'm, if I'm close to Him. If I come to Him and I humble myself. It says, humble yourself before God. And then it says, and He will lift you up. So he does the lifting. I don't, have to, I don't have to lift myself up. I don't have to do anything. I don't, you know. And most of us, man, we don't want this to be about us. We don't want, you know, that's not our heart's desire. And so God will, you know, there's times where it begins to rise up and, you know, the Holy Spirit will say, hello. <laughs> so is it about you or is it about me? Because <laughs> the kingdom is about him. Because nobody needs to know the name of John. It doesn't matter if you know John's name. But if you know the name of Jesus, that's what matters. Let's stop there. Turn off the fire hose here. <laughs> As John was so, to, was, so to speak. You know, I love that. I love the... Uh, and the song selections today, we're singing about blessing the name and lifting up the name. And then we're talking about humbling ourselves. So it was kind of like we've already had this worship time where we're just like drawn into, right into the message. Um, but I just want us to take just a minute and reset. If there's anything in your life that where you are out of order, where you're outside of God's authority where you've kind of taken hold of yourself and said, I'm just going to do what I want to do. That's, that's out of order. And as a, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, you need to repent. You need to change. You need to lay that down. You need to turn away from that direction you're going and go the other direction. Here's the deal. The Father's arms are open wide. 
It's the, that is a great truth in that song. Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. So it doesn't matter where I've been, doesn't matter how far I've run, doesn't matter what I've done, uh, if I am willing to turn and come to the Father's arms, His arms are open wide. They're already open. He doesn't wait for me to turn to open them. They're in a constant state of openness. He's in a constant state of invitation saying, come to me. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Let's, let's leave those things behind so we can move forward and be under His authority. We can be under the shadow of His wings. In Psalm 91, there's a picture of that. You know, we, we find shelter in the shadow of His wings. That's a picture of us being under God's authority. And we also get one bonus with that is His protection. So right now, we just take a minute. Just as you close your eyes, if there's anything you need to confess to the Lord right now, just quietly where you are, just you can go ahead and do that. Lord, we just we want your name. We want people to see the name, hear the name of Jesus and be drawn to you. Lord, it grieves me that people would misunderstand who you are. Lord, if they just want to hate you and turn away from you, that's their decision, Lord. But someone who's who's been confused because of a, a representative misrepresenting you, Lord, forgive us for that, Lord. Lord, anything in our life, Lord, we submit our, our lives to you. Anything that's out of order, God, we just, we just repent and choose to place it at your feet. And we come to the altar, which is always open, with the Father's arms open wide. And we say, Lord, we, we turn away from that. We lay that down at your feet. We humble ourselves. It is about you, Lord. We want it to be about you. That's our heart's desire. And so we submit those things to you this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your promise. Lord, the, the promises of the kingdom, Lord, the promises of grace and love and joy and healing. Lord, but we, wanna, we don't want to get out of order. We don't want to get out of place. Thank you, Lord, that we came in at the back table, in the back seat, and you bring us up to the front. And Lord, we want to live like someone who's sitting up front in the kingdom, representing you where your name can be hallowed, your name can be worshipped, your name can be set apart, where people say, whoa, the name of Jesus. That's who he is. We want people to be drawn to you, Lord, where there's a 
holiness is not meant to, to drive us far away, God. It's meant to be something that woos us. It's meant to be something that draws us in. The beauty, the splendor of your holiness draws us in. Lord, and we want your name to be recognized as holy all over the place that people would know the name of God, the name of the Lord, Jesus. Hallowed be your name. And so we thank you for that reminder this morning in your word. God, we thank you for the, for the time to hear from you. And we invite you to teach us to live in your authority and under your authority. Help us get what that centurion got, Lord, so that we can see your, your kingdom released the way you want it released, not the way we want it released. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you need to